This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey, good morning, Charlie. Hey, good morning, birthday boy. Well, or yes, yesterday, birthday that boy. Was, that was yesterday. I'm, I'm slowly recovering. I think from... so. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. You're, you're yeah. kind of matching right now, yeah, all your yes. colors. <laughs> well, I uh, spent a great day on the farm uh, welcoming uh, my uh, two sons out there and their wives and uh, old friend David Warwick, whom, uh, if you're a Zoomer radio fan and, or Zoomer uh, vision, TV mm. for a Marilyn Lightstone show. He's the musical director, mm. David Warwick. And anyway, we just had a great time. That's uh, well, Even, a beautiful day. We oh, had a great day to be hanging out. Goodness, in, yes. Uh, yeah. Pond side with the swans <laughs> chewing at your ankles, I'm sure. <laughs> it was no great fun. Good. Uh, but we better get busy here and yes. get some phone numbers on the yes. line. Because do you know something? We have a very unusual happening right now. I'm looking at the screen on our mm-hmm. monitor. Not a call yet. Uh. So those of you who have been saying, Gee, if I keep trying and never get through, this would be a great time to call one of these numbers. In Toronto, call 416-360-0740. Then anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Keep in mind our little mantra, please call early, call often, one question per call. And if you happen to be a first-time caller, let Sebastian know, our operator, and he will get that word to me, and then when you get to the air. There you go. You wings. get your garden wings. Yeah. Lots of wings. So you've, you've got a raft of emails. Oh, I've got a raft of everything going on. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, I love spring. Mm. I love the growth. I love the creativity. Yep. I love the nurturing. But I don't love summer in May. Now, I don't want to, you know, be complaining yeah. about the weather because, you know, we could be under oh. a, f- a meter of snow like they yeah. are or a oh, meter man. or two of water like they yeah. are on the other side of the country. So I don't want to complain, but it's just too warm out there. Everything's just growing too fast. Oh, and, wow. you it's... know, the spring blooms aren't lasting and things are, are happening and it's just it's all just too too much to stay, keep right. up on. So uh, I think I told you after the show, I'll be heading up to a client's garden to uh-huh. do some work to install some things. And I know they're keen to get me there because it probably feels like it's July already, but it's still May. Yeah. And uh, these are favorite clients of mine. I think I've been going there for 11 years. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, oh, that's lovely great. couple. So um, yeah, get some flowers in and move a few things around, get it looking real perky for the summer. Excellent. A few quick and dirty updates. I mentioned this last week, the Harriston and District Hort Society presenting the 17th Annual Garden Festival. That is Saturday, June the 2nd. I believe that would be next Saturday from 8 o'clock in the morning till 2 in the afternoon at the Harriston Community Center. Uh, it's a pretty big event. Uh, in the neighborhood, it's the biggest. And you get to attend the firefighters' free pancake breakfast first and then head on into the Garden Festival uh-huh. where there's obviously the plants and advice and lots to see and do. So that should be fun. 
uh, the same weekend, there, there's an open garden and plant sale happening at the Cuddy Gardens in Strathroy. Mm-hmm. The gardens are owned by Fanshawe College, <clears throat> excuse me, and managed by the Hort Program. There's over 2,000 species displayed throughout the gardens. Uh, there are tours available next weekend. There's food. You can bring your own picnic. It's a beautiful place to hang out. And that is at 28443 Centre Road in Strathroy, or check the web at Fanshawe College Open Garden. The following week, there's just so much going on. So the following weekend, June 9th and 10th, features the 14th annual Oshawa Peony Festival. That is from 10 to 4 both days. Join other peony lovers at the Oshawa Botanical Gardens, 155 Arena Street in Oshawa. Admission and parking is free. It doesn't get better mm-hmm. than that. And hopefully all this heat that I was referring to wow, yeah. won't mean that the peonies have you know blown their flowers because they everything's way ahead of schedule. And uh, that's the, always the hard thing about plant festivals is getting the date right, you know, yeah. years in advance. Um, now, just one more thing. Mm-hmm. Clear your calendar for garden days coming up from June 16th to 24th. Lots of activities happening in every province. This is right across Canada. Right. Nine-day program. Activities and events for gardening enthusiasts, families, schools, and tourists alike. Garden Days is an opportunity for Canadians to enjoy their own garden, visit or take part in their favourite garden experience, get inspired at their local garden centre, or travel to a nearby destination to enjoy their favourite garden. So www.gardendays.ca for more information. Okay, and uh, referred to uh, the bare lines we had. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's all full up I now. I see that. <laughs> we have a whole raft of folks Excellent. ready for questions for you, Charlie Dobbin, as we uh, continue our broadcast for The Garden Show here on Zoomer Radio. And, of course, we're broadcasting live and direct from the Zoomerplex, where we're going to be welcoming a whole bunch of folks at 10 o'clock Speaking this morning. Rafts. Doors, <laughs> uh, doors open okay. is happening, True. and we're part Today. of it. Yep. So looking forward to that. Okay, back uh, to talk to John and Mississauga in moments. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, here we go. Let's <laughs> let's head out to Mississauga. There's John. Hiya, John. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. Um, I... In- Few years that I've been, few years, I mean quite a number of years, I've never seen this thing happen on my fruit tree, Charlie. Actually, on the pear and on the bambanellas. Mm-hmm. There's so much growth coming, growth, like, you know, uh, leaves and all that coming from the bark, from the bottom right to the top. Oh, that's not a good sign. Oh. No, oh, shucks, don't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so all those shoots that are coming, okay, how does the top growth look? Is it. Oh, it's normal. very healthy. Okay. So you know, you, as a matter of fact, I think this year we're going to have a lot of fruit. But uh, uh, Yeah, likely, because you know how fruit goes up and down. We have big years yes. and not so big yeah. years. So remove the growth from the bottom. Um, if possible, so these are suckers. They could be growing from the root. They could be growing from just the base of the stem. Either way, follow the, this, those little branches and or you know stems down to where they're coming from. But this from the main stem, Charlie. Okay, huh? yeah, so break them off. Just okay. while they're small, just use your thumb and just break them down. Don't cut them. If you can avoid cutting them, try breaking them. If they're too big, you'll have to cut them. But small and young, they just break right off. They will not grow back if you break. Uh-huh. They, they're likely to grow back if you cut. So that's why we prefer uh-huh. the break. All right. 
Yeah. So, but uh, is that under it? Because, like I said, it, it's it's never been like this. Yeah. Usually, when a plant starts doing all that pushing of growth from the bottom, it's because something's going on up at the top. So, <clears throat> keep an eye on the the canopy, the crown of the plant. Yeah. Just watch for any odd distortions in the leaves. We're seeing a lot of aphids this year because of all this heat and all the very, very young, soft growth that's mm. emerged on all the plants very quickly. Okay. The aphids are going to town. Uh, so stay on top of, you know, watching for any kind of curling gnarliness in the leaves. Uh-huh. You may have to so, get out some soap at some point. Okay, Charlie, sorry to interrupt you. So if, if, uh, is, um, if I spay with Bordeaux, is that Okay. Uh, I wouldn't do really. it right now. I wouldn't you know, do it right get now. Rid of the aphids and all that stuff. No. Or, or, or the other question then is, what will I spray with? Soap. And, okay, so let's, okay, just to ah. be clear, if we're going to spray anything on any fruit trees, two things. One is they finish flowering, so no flowers. Yeah. And number two, <clears throat> never spray anything uh, when it's hot, when the temperature is oh, above okay. 25 degrees. Never spray when the sun is, like, shining on the plant. Okay. So it's an early in the day or late in the day. Uh-huh. Bordeaux is an excellent fruit tree, um, <clears throat> excuse me, both insecticide and pesticide. But I would be hesitant to use Bordeaux right now because, again, all that soft, young growth is going to be very susceptible to getting burned by the insecticide, by Bordeaux, which is copper sulfate. Uh-huh. Soap is a little gentler, but again, soap has to be used early in the day or late in the day. Yeah. Not oh, yeah. At, not Normally, at noon. I wake up, seriously, I wake up around 6, 6, 6 yeah, 15 perfect. or so. Yeah. And that's when I spray, oh, that's if, good. If, if I can spray with something. So with the yeah. aphids, how about soap and then or yeah, shall I spray so, with? Because well, we soap, can't spray with anything now. No, well, soap works fine. Uh, trounce, if it's still out there, it's a pyrethrin or bug be gone. Yeah, those, those are gen, you know, reasonably gentle, following the instructions. But don't assume you have aphids. Just keep your eyes peeled for yeah, them. Yeah. As soon as you see any evidence, absolutely get on the spraying. Okay, John. Okay, thank That's you. Great. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Charlie. Right, Thanks pal. for calling, All John. Right. Good to hear from you again, John. I love and, uh, hearing about his bambanellas. Yeah. Bambanellas. <laughs> I know. One of these days, we're going to get him to bring us in some bambanellas, or we'll I have, have to go no visit him. I have no idea what the heck that is. It's like a... It's like a Pear. I did a whole bunch oh. of research at one point. It's like oh, really? a pear, apple, cross. It's an interesting, it's a very European fruit. We don't typically have them here. Okay. He snuck them over in his pocket, <laughs> I think. <laughs> All righty. Camber uh, off to Cambridge. Here we go. There's Lorraine. Hi, Lorraine. Welcome to the show. Hi, Charlie and Frank. Good morning. Uh, I have um, holly, a holly bush mm-hmm. that's under a spruce tree about mm-hmm. six feet away from the from the trunk of the tree, okay. um, so it's it gets um, a lot of shade, but it gets a lot of sun in, late in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's scrawny. Mm-hmm. How how should I trim it? Uh, you know what I would do? So it's one holly. Is Do you get fruit on it, or is it yes, just... Yes, I do. Okay. So somewhere there's a male holly, or it's a, perhaps both together. Uh, yeah. Because hollies, there's boy plants and girl plants. Right. And the girls get the fruit. I just have a girl plant, and it does get flowers and fruit sometimes. Okay. But so there must be a male holly somewhere in the neighborhood right. that's providing the pollen to get the fruit to happen. Right. Um. If it's looking kind of thin and sparse, and it's going to be tough to move it, it's, it's probably been there for a number of years, I think. Yes. Two things I would do. One is I would get a hold of uh, um, some kind of a fertilizer that's an evergreen food. There's, uh, so it'll be a high nitrogen fertilizer, the, the first number in the fertilizer being the nitrogen. So some kind of a, I'd make a point of feeding it with uh, a, an evergreen food. I would also do some trimming on it. Now, if... 
If you've got a, yeah, it's always a bit hard to say how to trim when it's not in front of me, but you can help a plant become more dense, more compact, and better looking by trimming it back. So if it's scraggly, it's got some sort of uh, branches shooting out in odd directions, yes. now is the time to get out your sharp pruners, nice dry day, and, and prune back. Um, and yes, you could be pruning as much as two feet off the top or as little as two inches off the top, just depending on what the, the size of the plant is now and what it looks like. But now would be the time to do it. You will encourage new growth because we're in that phase of new growth. Fertilizer will help as well to get that new growth going and the plant will look better as a result. Okay, thank you. Okay, you're very welcome. Excellent. Thank you very much. And we're up to our first break in the show and we've got lots more to discuss here on The Garden Show from Zuma Radio back in a mo. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yeah, Charlie, we're both looking out the window at uh, a somewhat gloomy-looking day, and rain is in the forecast, uh, as I remember. As is a warm temperature. And yeah. we just saw a guy go by with a fishing rod, so it doesn't <laughs> yeah, get great, better heading? than that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we're heading off to Mississauga. There's Karen. Good morning, Karen. Welcome to the show. Hi. Good morning. Morning. How are you guys doing? Good. Excellent. Uh, I have called you before about my jasmine plant. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I called you about two months ago, it had a bunch of different bugs on it. Okay. I used Endol, and it's much healthier. The leaves are coming in. There's some flowers. I've repotted it, okay. but there's still scale on it. Oh. So a lot has gone, but there's just this one bug, which is the um, brown, mm. scaly thing on the underside. Yeah, of- shiny, kind of looks like an oyster shell upside down. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... And then it's very sticky, like there's a sticky... Yeah, because that mm-hmm. insect is putting mi- microscopic holes in the leaves mm-hmm. and sucking juice from the tissue of the leaves. Mm-hmm. And then it moves a millimeter and does the same thing. And meanwhile, juices ooze out and it all ends up just sticky. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> plus it's pooping and peeing all over the leaf, of course, leaving behind sticky too. Yeah. So, if you can just, it, depending on you know how much time you have, you can pick them off individually, those insects. Yeah, pick, I usually do that every morning. Good. Okay. So continue to do that. The other thing that can sometimes make a difference, well, um, uh, a Q-tip and rubbing alcohol. So Mm -hmm. dipping the Q-tip into the rubbing alcohol, sometimes the the scale will get into spots where it's very hard to pick them off. Mm -hmm. And and rubbing alcohol will kill the insect. But of course, you want to be careful to minimize the plant's exposure to the alcohol because that's hard on the plant. Right. Um, If the plant's not too big, I'd be inclined to even put it in the shower, get some soap, get some water, wash off all that stickiness, give it a real thorough watering and draining and all that. And you will ultimately wash off some insects doing that as well. Okay. Okay. Obviously not too hot of a shower, but you know what I mean? Like room temperature shower, just get that, you know, the humidity and the, you know, just get, because the stick, then the dust sticks to the stickiness and the, you know, all the pollen that's in the air and the poor plant really starts to suffer when it, when all this stuff builds up on its leaves. So a good wash would help too. Mm-hmm. Can I put it outside? You can, yep. Slowly. You know, you'll put it out first in the shade for a couple days, protecting it from the wind. Then you'll slowly move it out and getting, you know, a little more exposure to the, the real world. And it takes about 10 days to two weeks until you're in your final location. And, of course, this plant would like a nice bright morning sun, if you can do that. Mm-hmm. A little shelter in the, in the afternoon from the afternoon sun because it's just so hot. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, yeah, with, plants love to go outside in our summers with all the, the humidity, the tropical plants love that 
Okay. So other than cleaning with, with alcohol, like horticultural oil or anything like that's not good? Or? Um, you can. You've got to be very careful with horticultural oil because not all plants respond well to it. Mm-hmm. So what I would do, I've never tried horticultural oil on jasmine, so I would test some first. Mm-hmm. You make a little mix as per the directions with water. You're shaking all the time to try and keep that water and oil mixed together. And then spritz on like two or three leaves uh, and just see what happens. Give it, a, give it a 48-hour test. If everything looks fine, then you could spray the entire plant. Okay. Okay. Good. All right, Carol. Thank you very much for uh, calling in. Thank you. I'm sorry, Karen. Right. Right. I was looking ahead to our next caller. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting confused, but that's okay. That happens often with me. Um, From Aiton, there's Carol on the line now. Hi, Carol. Where's Aiton? Good morning. Well, let's find out. Hi, Carol. Morning, Charlie. Morning, Frank. Good morning. Where is Aiton? Where is Aiton? A little bit northwest of Mount Forest. Oh, nice. We're about halfway in between. Nice. Gotcha. Okay. Beautiful part of the country. What do you have? What's going on? Um, Fertilizer. Mm-hmm. I can never remember the three which they do. All I remember is nitrogen is the first one, and it uh, promotes plant growth. Mm-hmm. The other two, one of them produces or, or promotes um, root growth, and one of them produce, promotes flower and fruit. Uh, yeah, close. So you know what? Here's a yeah. You're you're on the right track. So there's three. Whenever we look at a fertilizer package, there's three numbers, separated with little hyphens, and they represent NPK. So nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium are the three numbers. And how you remember what they encourage is nitrogen feeds green growth. So it's the above ground leaves and stems, so the up part of the plant. Phosphorus, depending on on, um, quantities, but generally speaking, is used to encourage root growth. So that's the down, so up, down. And the potassium, the third number, is very important for all-round health of the plant. So you're right, it's flowers, it's fruit, it's color. Color, it's flavor, it's vigor, it's even winter hardiness when it comes to potassium. So here's your little little rhyme to remember. So up, down, all around okay. is NPK. I like that one. There you go. <laughs> all right. Down, Thank all you around. very much. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> well, neat, neat little uh, remembering system there. Good. I'm telling you. Okay, what you don't too learn, Too many huh? years in this business, <laughs> I got all oh, kinds of silly let, ways to remember things. <laughs> let me repeat that. And we have a couple of lines open now. Uh, 416-360-0740 here in the Toronto area. And then any, anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Off to Whitby we go. There's Lawrence. Good morning, Lawrence. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Morning. Yeah, go right ahead. Okay, I have a problem with the uh, apple tree. Mm -hmm. I planted a Honeycrisp apple Mm -hmm. two years ago, and it bloomed and produced uh, half a dozen apples. Okay. I was quite overjoyed. Mm -hmm. But last year... This was two years ago I planted it. Right. Last year, it didn't bloom at all. Mm, okay. But the foliage is great. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, maybe it's an off year, so mm. I'll wait. And so this year, it didn't bloom again. Mm. Now, I've got three other apple trees mm. spalliered down a fence line. Nice. They all bloomed again this year. And it, in fact, the blossoms have already dropped. So I'm puzzled at why this other... This honeycrisp, so great foliage, but not a great flowering. Could it? Is it in the lawn? Like, is it kind of standing in a, by itself in the lawn? It is uh, 
standing beside my deck, uh, just in a flower bed. Okay, in a flower bed. Because I was thinking, I'm wondering if perhaps it's receiving things like uh, lawn food near its roots, which of course is typically high nitrogen. Um, and our last caller was wondering, you know, what are the different uh, fertilizer analysis? What does it do? Well, of course, lawn food is typically high nitrogen to encourage lots of green growth, so stems and leaves. And no, if no, it's not. Uh it's in a flower bed yeah. away from the lawn where I fertilize. Yeah, okay. The so only it's, yep. thing I use, I use uh, compost. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I mulch it with compost in the fall. Excellent. And compost should be great just because of the organic material and it's a great soil amendment. It does tend, depending on if it's homemade compost and what we use to make the compost, sometimes it can be a little high on the nitrogen side, but not necessarily. It just depends on how we, what we put into it. Um, so what would you do? Well, okay, so it's looking very, very green and lush. Have you done any pruning on this plant at all? Just uh, a few inward branches that mm-hmm. uh, in the early uh, yeah. right. late and, winter. Okay, good, because that's the right time to prune apples for sure is March on a dry day in March or even February uh, when we can really see what's going on. Um, so for now, you know what, I'm going to suggest... Unless there's something, I'm happy to look it up. If there's something special going on with Honeycrisp that I'm unaware of, uh, and I will check that and let you know if there is. Otherwise, I just recommend patience. Maintain the, the pruning schedule that you've got, remembering as well, and if you've espaliated apples, you understand how important it is to prune them for flowering as opposed to ending up with a whole bunch of leaves because there's the right way and the wrong way to prune any of the fruit trees. So, And your timing is good, obviously, keeping the nitrogen away from from the plant, and 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 I would recommend some patience. You know, it had flowers and fruit, so you know it's mature enough to have achieved that flowering and fruiting part of its life. So that's important. Now the question is, what are we going to do to get it to flower some more and set those flower buds? So uh, sometimes it's just a settling in, growing roots, getting established. Takes them a little while to do that, which might be what's going on. But like I said, I'll see if there's something going on with the honey crisps that is a little different than some of the other cultivars and let you know on the air, okay? Okay, I've, I've not done anything wrong then. Uh, it doesn't sound like it to me at all. Okay, just uh, this isn't another question. <laughs> Better not off, be. <laughs> right. uh, this is just uh, about this Japanese maple. Remember last year there was... They, were, they weren't dropping their leaves? That's right, yeah. And you predicted that it would be okay this year? Yeah. Well, you were correct. Yes. Oh, well, there you go. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> no, mine came out fine, but I have seen some Japanese maples that did really suffer this winter. Oh, it, we, I... we, it was an interesting winter that way. There, many Japanese maples, yeah. particularly ones exposed to that wind and that, maybe the ice, I don't know what it was, but I've seen, you know... Three quarters of the plant didn't refoliate while a quarter did. Mm-hmm. Um, and some plants have really, I've seen a lot of dieback in a lot of, of, of the woody plants. It was a hard winter in some parts of the country or the province where we didn't have enough snow, I think, as well. So well, mine uh, is sheltered from the wind and yeah. it's absolutely uh, gorgeous. G- gorgeous. Mine too. Mine too. Oh, completely gosh. sheltered and completely de- refoliated looks great. So okay. thanks for that. Yeah, I, I, I have firm instructions in my contract, uh, Lawrence. said <laughs> anytime a caller calls up and wants to pat Charlie on the back, <laughs> that call goes to the head of the line. So, <laughs> so thank you. Thank you very much for that. I'm sure she appreciates it. <laughs> okay, then. okay, thanks. Call, call back thanks anytime, okay? Calling. And speaking of call back anytime, yes. you know our little mantra, call, all, call early, call often, one question per call. Well, sometimes, folks, 
do call a mm-hmm. second time. And mm-hmm. I think that's the case here with Lorraine in Cambridge, who was on earlier this morning. Is this indeed your second time calling, uh, Lorraine? <laughs> it is. Good for you. <laughs> Smart. On the side, my Japanese maple has done wonderfully, too. It's just beautiful. Oh, good. But um, I was going to say I have um, roses, and they start off looking very, very good. Mm-hmm. And um, there's just one little bite taken out of it. Mm. Um, one, uh, I get black spot on it sometime, and one year I put on, I sprinkled it with water and then put on wood ashes. Okay. Does that, does that work? I mean, it was, I was wondering if I should do that again. That uh, wouldn't be my first choice, to okay. try and avoid black spot. You, you did that? Or you had black spot and you were just trying to keep it from spreading? Last, last time. I haven't had it yet this year. No, we don't usually see black spot till July, depending on how much rain okay. we're getting. Um, and some roses are more susceptible than others. A um, couple of important things with roses. Of course, we prune them right back in the spring. And believe it or not, even though it's hot out there, it is still spring. Yes. So pruning back, opening the plants up so that there's not a lot of growth to the inside, not a lot of crisscrossing, um, making sure there's good air circulation within the the plant yes. so we we remove all that internal growth that's mm-hmm. that's going to the center um, and pruning so that the uh, we bring them down take off all the deadwood of course but then even that. go further down make sure the growth will the buds um, face the outside and will grow to the outside of course they're in full sun so minimum six hours of sun every single day when the sun is out and feeding. Roses do love their fertilizer. Now you can feed with compost or composted manure uh, but I find my roses, they're just, they're like real old-fashioned plants. They say feed me rose food and nothing but rose food oh. and so I that's the one fertilizer I invariably do end up having to purchase every year is just the granular it might just be a, an all-purpose flowering plant food but rose food is uh, something that I always sprinkle around around my roses and they very much appreciate it and they uh, grow beautifully and get tons and tons of flowers so um, yeah just recognize that feeding them is important otherwise they get a little on the spindly side and you won't get the kind of flowering you want okay thank you very okay. much you're very thanks welcome. Lorraine yeah and uh, that brings your time well almost to uh, 939 very close to our next break so let's uh, give you a little bit of a break here too Charlie oh, yeah. and uh, let you regroup forces because you've been going just helmet for leather there <laughs> and uh, we'll be back in just a moment to say hi to Eva out there in Mississauga here on the garden show daffodils and daisies bluebells and begonias forsythia and foxgloves marigolds magnolia lavender and lupins dahlias delphiniums stalks fox hollyhocks tulips and sweet williams you've picked the right place for everything floral this is the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on zoomer radio Hello. Oh, I was asleep at the wheel there. I'm sorry. Uh, Charlie is in charge of turning the microphones on and off. Failed. And, yeah. Sebastian saved me. Thank or saved goodness you. for that. Us. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Sebastian. All right. Well, just in time, too, because Eva's been waiting patiently on that line from Mississauga. Hi. Good morning, Eva. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I'm calling about my peace lily. The leaves are turning brown at the tips. Is it too much watering or lack of water? Eva, you know what? you got to turn your radio down. Okay. Because we can hear it. Yes. <laughs> what they call a little bit of reverb going on there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Okay. Sorry about that. All right. No worries. So peace lily turning brown at the tips 
happens quite often when we do two things. One is we water with uh, ta- water that's straight out of the tap. Uh-huh. And there's fluorides and things in that water, and that can cause that brown tips. Also, cold water. So what I'd recommend with a peace lily, if you can, best water in the world is rainwater. So if you can collect rainwater, use that. Use that for your watering. Uh, at least, though, when you are going to use tap water, run the water a good couple of days before you're going to use it. It Bring it to room temperature, and you'll find that you lose um, some of those uh additives will off gas into the air so the water will be a little less mineralized in terms of some of those additives and you shouldn't see that little burning on the tips. Um, the other thing is don't ever keep that plant soggy wet. Feel the soil. You don't want it to dry to too dry because it'll just collapse and wilt in mm-hmm. front of you. Right. Allow it just to get to the point where the green starts to lose a bit of its sheen and the soil will at that point feel a little bit on the dry side. Water thoroughly. Might be once a week, might be once every two. 10 days, just depends where you've got it in your house. Should I trim the leaves now? All the brown edging? uh, If it's really bothering you, you can trim the brown, but just the brown. Leave whatever green is there to be green. Okay? Okay. Alrighty. Thank you very much, Eva. Uh, Nice to have you back. And I guess Mm -hmm. the only other thing I would say, and and this is true for all of our garden plants, whether it's our house plants or outdoor plants, now is the time to fertilize. All the plants are responding to longer days. All of them will totally utilize that mm-hmm. fertilizer and just go woof right before our very eyes. So, you know, I, I actually did that yesterday. I went around and fertilized all my house plants because I was getting some yellow leaves yeah. on my peace lily and even the orchid leaves were looking a little pale. It was like, these guys really need some food. And boy, you could almost watch the grass grow. Mm. It's, it's in you know, uh, a problem because <laughs> our lawnmower is, is out of action right at the moment. So oh, you're knee high. that and... fixed, yeah, just about. <laughs> hey, here we go up to White River, there's our old pal Rick. Hey, Rick, welcome to the show. Good morning, guys. Good morning. How are you doing? Well, it's it's just about black white season. Oh, oh, just about. Is it Lordy. is it hot up there yet? Oh, it's really nice. Oh, nice. It's beautiful. Okay, good, good. But I, I got frost a, a few mornings ago, and mm. I, my eyebiss got touched. Okay, well, they're pretty tough. It, it, did, well, the leaves are falling off. Should I cut it back? Yeah. You're going to have to cut it back because there are buds under the bark there that you can't see that are dormant. Yeah. So if there's, is there any green left on it at all at this point? Well, on some of them, but uh, my good ones are pretty well toasted. So the trick with some, when something like that happens is, and we need to cut back to encourage new growth, yeah. but if you cut everything off and there's no green on the plant at all, it could die just because it can't photosynthesize. Yeah. So if there's any green on it at all, leave the green, cut back to the green, yeah. and then if, if another branch, for example, has no green on it, mm-hmm. bring that back even further, and yeah. then eventually, you know, a week or so, you'll start to see some little green leaves starting to emerge, then you can go back with your pruners and shape the plant properly but it it, it often can become a two or three step process uh, to make it a proper looking plant because you just don't want to do anything super radical if because you can kill if you take away all the green i'm ready to quit <laughs> <laughs> come on you love your hibiscus yes. oh, yeah. don't be giving up on those well i saw the blueberry blossoms out oh sweet oh, well might be good. Yeah, hey, yeah. Re- uh, refresh my memory. Are you listening via computer? Or you, yeah. You sign up? Oh, okay, yeah. I'm thinking White River's way well, I, up there. I can get on a radio, but late at night. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. the airwaves are clearer. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Well, we've got yeah. the largest uh, broadcast footprint in North America. We do. Uh, here, AM 740, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I try to sell the program. Well, thank you for <laughs> yeah. that. Appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate that, too. God hey. bless, guys. Yeah, you take care, take Rick. Take care. All right, nice day. to Avoid have you by frost. here. Uh, what's our time? Oh, good. We can squeeze in another call. And a bit of a reminder, there are a couple of lines open right now, 416-360-0740 in Toronto, anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. And uh, off we go to uh, St. Catharines. There's George. Good morning, George. Morning, kids. How are you? Morning. Good. Morning. Um, yeah, my question has to do with... Uh, Transplanting uh, spruces. Uh, I've um, working with a landscape uh, company uh, to put in a number of uh, fifteen-foot Colorado spruce mm-hmm. and Norway spruce. Mm-hmm. But my question has to do with uh, time of year uh, for that and the spacing of mm-hmm. these trees. Hmm. Good questions. So. There are two times it would be optimal to transplant those trees, and that would be spring. Theoretically, we're still in spring now, but we, if the weather stays as warm as it's been, the spring will soon be over. So now you could be doing that. And fall is also an excellent time. So anytime, usually after kind of around September, you know, the month of September, even sometimes into early October where you are, you could transplant those spruces. Uh, uh, w- one of the problems I have is the definition of spring. Uh, <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> the uh, variability in uh, what you say, uh, because uh, it can get uh, very dry quickly mm. yes. in this part of the world mm-hmm. and uh, heat up a bit more than other parts of uh, the GTA. No, that's true. GTA. So uh, they're, uh, they're suggesting the first week of June because the, uh, is it the buds on the ends of the trees? Well, where you are, you're probably seeing those buds now. They're starting to form. The new growth is actually starting to pop on the evergreens here in the GTA. So I'd, I imagine you're in the same situation where you are in St. Catharines. Oh, yeah. It's it's well advanced, actually. Yeah. So first week of June is is next week. So, so they're saying what I'm saying, which is it is still spring, and it is certainly possible to transplant. Are, will you be able to water them if we don't get some rain? Oh, yeah. No, that's part of the deal. Okay. Okay. So that's fine. You you know, it, the the trick is when a plant is actively growing, so spring is all about active growth. So we've got those buds up above ground that we're seeing, which tells us that if we lifted those plants and moved them and replanted them, the roots would respond just the same as those above ground tips are growing, the roots would do the same. Mm. So that's why in spring we've got so much active growth, we can encourage and find that roots will also actively grow and that's why we transplant in the spring. The reason we transplant in the fall is because the soil is nice and warm and we usually have good rain and it's an excellent time to to move or plant, uh, divide and replant plants because that warm soil will encourage that root growth very quickly. As the days are cooling and the days are shortening, you won't see a lot of top growth but you'll see the root growth because of that warm soil. So it's one or the other, depending on, you know, people's availability. Now, keeping in mind that both Norway's and Colorado's 40 feet tall and 20 feet wide at maturity, roughly. So your distances apart are that (laughs) 40 feet apart would be optimal. Right. Oh, sorry. That was 20 feet tall. No, 40 feet tall and 20 feet wide at at maturity, both Colorado blue spruce and Norway spruce. And so the distance apart was? 40 feet. 
Yeah. 40 feet apart? Yeah, because they're, they want, well, um, if, if they're 20 or, or more, well, okay, fine, 20 feet apart, 30 feet apart. You don't want them running into each other. Yeah, yeah, okay, I understand. All right, okay. that's great. All right. All righty, George. Thank okay. you for joining Thanks us. Thanks for your call. Here. Yeah, and uh, we're, we're about to go international and cross the border to uh, Gasport, New York, to say hi to Jerry, but we have to take a bit of a break first, and uh, we'll be returning here to The Garden Show momentarily. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, I hope we uh, have no problems with the border control here. Uh, (laughs) There's Jerry in Gasport, New York. Welcome to the show, Jerry. Hey, Charlie and Frank. How are you doing? Good morning. How are you? I got uh, potted tulips I bought about a month ago. Mm Mm-hmm. And now they're all withered away, and mm-hmm. now what should I do with them? So you enjoyed the flowers, and when they were done, you continued to water the pots while the leaves slowly turned yellow? Mm, kind of. Yeah, I had a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> so basically you ignored them, and then they just dried up and shriveled up. All right. right. Your job now is to take those pots outside, take the bulbs out of the pots, and see what the bulbs feel like. If they've got some heft to them, so they, they're, they're fat, they're juicy, they've got some weight, then they are good to go to be planted out into the garden at any time, starting now, right through till you know the fall, so they will come up and bloom next spring outside. If they're all kind of shriveled up and wrinkly and, and just... Mushy. L- yeah. Well, they won't be mushy if yeah. you didn't water them. They'll be dry. They'll be dry and wrinkled and, and just no heft to them. Then they're compost. Because that's the trick with the forest bulbs. In order for us to enjoy them in the future, we and any of our bulbs, really, we have to allow post-flowering the leaves to grow and be green and slowly turn yellow and not be very attractive but we have to keep them going in order to fatten the bulbs up again for the next year so just it's just a bit of a dissection for you to see if the bulbs have value and if they do great just pick a spot where it's sunny next spring and well drained get them out in the ground four inches deep and uh Forget about them. You'll see them next spring. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you. <laughs> Thank You're you, Jerry. Welcome. Yeah. All right. You guys have a great weekend. Thank, Thank you. you. And the same to you. Thanks for calling. Uh, hey, I'm delighted that Michael from Toronto has called in because... You're finally going to get some exercise. First time caller. That means <laughs> Frankie gets to ring the bell. All right. <laughs> hey, Michael. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for taking my call. Morning. Welcome. Um, good morning. Uh, you know, it's lilac season. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking around the city and it just the smells are beautiful, mm-hmm. except in my backyard. Oh. Okay. Our lilac just beautiful green, but it hasn't bloomed in, in like four years. And is this something you planted or you inherited? Yeah, we planted. Uh, the neighbors had one across the fence. They tore it out. Uh, so it's like literally two feet away from where they had theirs. Theirs bloomed beautifully. Hmm. So it's in the same area, but ours just doesn't bloom. Do you, prune, do you prune it at all? Not at all. Do you fertilize it at all? A little bit. Once maybe at the beginning of the season, we throw some stuff down below and everything else grows around it. But it's just, mm. it's just a nice shrub, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not giving me the odors I'm looking for. No, either. and it's, it does get, um, it's in sun, obviously. It's getting full. It's in sun in the afternoon, and like I said, like two feet away from our neighbors who had a really old one. It was yeah. It's hard out. So I'm just wondering, is it like a deficient... It could be. Sometimes there are plants that are just bum plants. Was it flowering when you bought it? No. So you've never seen flowers on it. Do you remember? Never seen flowers on it at all. Do you remember what variety it is? 
Oh, gosh, no. No. Uh, you so know it's what? It's going to be the typical colors of the lilac, the purpley ones. Well, well so there's yeah. like a common lilac, which is the kind that we the farm the farmsteads started as one plant, which over 50 years would turn into large hedgerows. That's the common lilac, which are very hard to kill. I mean, they just go. Then there's the French lilacs, and French lilacs are typically grafted. We don't get as many flowers, but that's where you get the special, the whites and the purples and the stripes. Yeah. No, the these would doubles. be the former, trust me, and if my hand in gardening, I've got the... Uh, yeah. Hmm. The one that's easiest to take care of. It just seems strange. It's only like two feet away from their other one that was really big and woody and yeah. the same amount of sunshine. Yeah. So what I would do is I'd get out there and I'd talk to that lilac. You threaten it a couple times. <laughs> you explain to that lilac that you are going to take good care of it this spring and summer and fall, and you expect flowers next spring. And All if right. there oh. are no flowers, it's compost, and it's being replaced. <laughs> yeah, I think so. All right, varmint broke. <laughs> that's right. It <laughs> often can work. You'd be surprised. Just be very clear on what the outcome will be if there are no no flowers okay. next spring. Don't make me come out there. Okay. And That's no right. pruning. Don't prune whatever you do. Okay. All right. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, you're, you're welcome. welcome, Michael. Thank you for I joining like us here. I would report back next spring, please. Yes. I will do. Okay. Thanks, thanks Michael. And the uh, gee whiz, we're just about, I think, in a wrap-up position here. Uh, very, very short uh, time left. But I'm thinking back to our call from Rick in White River. He was tuned in via a computer. Yes. And so we are we do live stream. Yeah. So you can actually watch the, the Garden Show yeah. and listen on your computer because we're on camera too. And as well, if there's something that you hear on the show and you think, oh, what was that Charlie said? What was that formula again? Yeah. You can always check in on our podcasts mm-hmm. by joining uh, AM 740. Just on, on the uh, Google it, you yeah. know, Zoom yeah, Radio. Yeah, or just AM 740. Yeah. And, but you don't have to join. You just go yeah. to the website. Go to podcast. You'll see it up at the top. And all the shows that are podcast are listed. By Wednesday, I think uh, they this, get the podcast yeah. up for this show. And just scroll down to get yeah. to the Garden Show. And every show we have ever done is archived there, which is a lot of shows. Well, we've been now we've got to start an anniversary party thing. We because, do because we're coming up to our tenth anniversary in July, so, uh, sometime in July. You're yes, right. I yeah. have the I have it documented somewhere. Okay, a so, bottle of champagne coming up. Uh, good to hear. Good to hear. I wonder who's going to buy it. <laughs> Probably not you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Charlie. Uh, and thank you, Frank. And, and again, a happy birthday to you. And uh, and I hope you get your lawnmower going because otherwise yeah. you're going to be in deep trouble <laughs> out it. in the woods there. So thanks, everybody. Great calls. Keep them coming. Thanks, Sebastian. Couldn't do this without you. And thanks, Frank. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.